and get you to open your Bible up, and if you have a Bible, if you want to, uh, we're going to start in a verse that I love a lot, and I don't know if they have my, my quote verse ready for me. I had it up last week. Do they do? You are so impressive, people. Not yet. Don't put it up yet, but I, I'm impressed. These folks are on the ball. I, I want to spend just a few minutes talking from a brand new series, a brand new theme. Repeat it with me, please. Say, building, building. Yourself, yourself a chance. Now, it says build yourself a chance, and that's basically what this is about. I want to show you how you build a chance for yourself, how you create something that can give you a chance down the road, which you saw earlier when we prayed for people who graduated. They went to school because they were trying to build something for the future. Everybody doesn't build the same way. My job in this series is to get you to consider not only how important it is to lay a foundation, but to actually do something once you have a foundation. So some people, for example, they, they'll go to school, work hard. They gave themselves a platform where they can have a chance now to do something, but they don't do anything with it. So, so if I get a building, right, go to school for theology, work hard to get through, but I don't do anything with it. I didn't build myself anything. Building yourself a chance is really important. So we as a church, we have a number of wonderful things that God has put into our hands. And every year around this time, I think of how I can take what we have and build with it. So can you take your hands, please lift them to heaven with me, would you please? Lift your hands up. Father, I pray you'd help us become builders. I pray that we would not be afraid to put our hands to the plow and work to create something that will become amazing and a blessing to others. You want to get us to God's best. Help us, Lord God, understand our role in the building process. And I give you all the praise and all the honor in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. There's a quote that I love that's not in your notes, and it's one that I, I just really thought was amazing. And it, it, it's connected to a theme that is a subtopic for this series. It's a theme you've heard me talk about for years. Repeat it with me, please. It says, success yes. comes um, in, pieces. in pieces. If you're going to build yourself a future, you're going to build it, piece by piece. It's not going to come all of a sudden. It's going to come one step at a time, one piece at a time. There's a quote that I found by a guy named Josiah Gilbert Holland from the 18th century. He said these words, there is no royal road to anything, one thing at a time. There's no royal road to anything. To, to anything. You don't get there because the road's perfect. One thing at a time. Say that with you. Please come on. Then he says this. All things in succession. It's, it's not going to happen. Boom, boom, boom. It's in succession. Now, this is the part I really love. That which, read this with me, please. Come on. That which grows fast withers rapidly, and that which grows slowly endures. That which grows swiftly. That which grows fast. One of the things that Tony Campalo said, who is a sociologist, he said that, Fast-growing churches die just as fast. Sometimes the problem is there's no depth. 
sometimes relationships to become hot and heavy right away. Bam, we're in love right away. If you're not careful, because it doesn't simmer right, it blows up just as fast. There's something about pacing yourself. And so I'm going to set out today to show you how you build yourself a chance. I'm going to show you how success comes in pieces. I want to show you that it's not in chunks, it's in pieces, and I want to show you what the pieces are. Now, this is not in your notes as well because uh, I kind of added this at the end. I was in a meeting seven years ago with the publisher, and in this meeting, we were discussing me writing this book called Success Comes in Pieces, and we were, uh, it was all day long, it was in Oregon, and we (laughs) we, we were talking through content. So when you meet with the publisher, they talk about the public content of the book, the outline of the book. You take an outline and you talk through what this book is about, the, the bottom line message of it. And then you talk about the money side of it. You know, okay, so how many books can you sell and all the advertising strategies. So we were having this discussion, and one guy in the meeting asked me a question that lasted seven years. I'm, I'm just now kind of finishing this project. We did just finished the book. I'm not, really, I'm not releasing. I'm not told you I was, but this is going to be first, so I'm just... just Love me, I'm, I'm working a plan here. I'll tell you more about it later. But, but this book that I'm working on um, centers around this theme that I've been thinking about for seven years. And the guy asked me one question, like I said, that stayed with me for seven years. He said, Temple, success comes in pieces. We love it. We love the content. We love it. But what are the pieces? Now, when he asked me that question, I, I stepped back a little bit and I thought, okay, uh, I should know the answer to that, right? Um, but the way he asked it, was profound. And then he made another statement. He said, any good book, you can, you can make a statement, you can say it in a sentence or two. You should just be able to say what we're talking about. And so for, you know, you, as a Christian, you know, you start thinking, well, prayer, you know, should be in there, right? That's one of the pieces to lead to success. You know, reading the Bible. So I had this list, and I just struggled with the whole concept. I, I couldn't for some reason, after I did all the work, and did, I just didn't like it. I thought, no, that's not it. That's not it. Sometimes you have to live something first. So here are the pieces. You ready? After seven years of work, here are the pieces. What are the pieces? You ready? Write this down. It's not in your notes. Here you go. You're so used to me giving it to you, aren't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't want to write anymore. What's the deal, people? The pieces are the choices we make. I'll say it again. The pieces are the choices we make that lead us to God's best for our lives. Say it with me, please. Come on. Say the pieces are the choices we make that lead us to God's best for our lives. Success comes in pieces. And once you figure out what are the choices you should make, once you get that in in, in your mind, these are the choices that I can make, and these choices will lead me to, it's very important to hear this, God's best. For my life. Now, what's God's best for your life is not what's God's best for my life. Everybody doesn't have the same. And everybody doesn't approach success the same. It's defined differently by different people. For some people, it's starting a career and traveling the world. For some people, it is simply starting a nursery. For some people, it's starting a daycare. For some people, success means something totally different than it does to you. So what I love about this concept is it's not tied to just one definition. But I love the idea that One of the things that happens when you look at this is you understand that it really can happen in your life if you get the right pieces. 
So this is, this is the last series in our theme for 2017 called How to Build a Future. And I thought it would be great to talk about the importance of how to put the right building blocks in place to give yourself a real chance at building a future that would be God's best for you. So I want to show you how to build a future that would be God's best for you, not me, but for you. In my mind, it all starts with the right pieces or elements being put in the right places. So the question is, how do you choose? That's the question. How do you choose the right pieces? That, you know, you always wonder, well, what do I do? You come to church, you feel guilty, you don't know what to do. He preached me into hell, right? He preached me into conviction, but I don't know what to do with what he said. We all love success when it comes in chunks. We like that. We like, we'll just give it to me right away. But, but as we will learn in this series, God helps us build a future one piece at a time. And there are five key pieces that connect us to God's best for our lives. So I want to talk about those five key pieces. This is at the, this is at the center, piece, center of everything we're going to talk about for the month, these five pieces. The five pieces that will give you a chance to find and build God's best for your life start with you, first of all, finding the right pieces. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. Finding the right pieces. That's what we're going to talk about today. I want to show you how to find them. The second thing I want to talk about is you got, once you find them, you have to understand the pieces. You have to come to a place where you understand how this works. So you found the marriage, but now you don't know how to be married. You found the job. You found the career. You found the school. You found whatever. You found the piece that fits for you, but you don't know what to do with that. I see this all the time. Guys want to get in the ministry. They feel called to preach. That's the piece for them, but how? they don't understand it. Then once you understand the piece, then you thoroughly have to learn how to prioritize the piece. Come on, say it with me. Say, find the right pieces. Understand the pieces. Prioritize the pieces. You have to understand. This, is, this must be first. I tell myself, no, this, I'm pastor Ricky Temple. Not evangelist. I'm not this guy. You know, I travel, but I'm trying to focus and say, no, no, can't say yes to everything. I can't do a bunch of revival meetings. I can't do a bunch of youth gather gatherings. I can't do, can't do, can't do camps, can't do all. But I can do some because it has to fit into my priorities. Because I have found the right pieces, and I understand how this works. So now these are my priorities, right? I'm clear. I'm clear that exercise and working out is like a key part of the process. So how does it fit into my schedule? If I understand how this works physically, then, okay, prioritize it. Number four, once I have my priorities straight, then I do what? Work the pieces. And in one sermon, I'm going to talk about the last two. Working the pieces and building the pieces go together. And if you don't get that, you're going to lose a lot. And I'll show you how in this season of the year, it fits into our final study, which will be around our special holiday. And I'll show you how that all fits on Christmas. But look with me, first of all, at this Bottom line context is I need to help you understand where you are in the Bible because if you don't, you'll get lost. So let me get, if I can, set the stage. This is Israel's first time building a future in Exodus chapter 23 where we're going to start. And this is their first time building a nation, first time in life. So in the book of Exodus, Moses lays out the ground rules for Israel to experience God's best. That's what's happening. So imagine with me, please, this statement is made in Exodus chapter 23, 
verse 29, and I'll come back and show you how this all fits. But I will not drive them out in a single year, Exodus 23, 29, because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. This is the verse, Exodus 23, verse 29 through 30, that's at the center of my whole argument. It is this one verse that launched this whole line of thought for me. The success and pieces idea came from this verse. Because what it basically says to Israel is, first of all, I'm not going to give you everything you want in a single year. But I'm going to give you this little by little, piece by piece. And then he explains why, and I'll come back to that in a minute. But before I do that, let me make sure you understand where you are in the Bible. That's so important. You know, what neighborhood am I in? I'm on the west side, east side, where am I in Scripture? Well, let me show you. The book of Exodus is divided into two pieces, okay? The first piece goes from chapter 1 to chapter 18. And in chapter 1 to chapter 18, it's all about the redemption of God's people from Egypt. So say that with me, please. Come on, say the redemption, redemption. Of, of God's people, people. from Egypt. So this is all about God delivered Israel out of Egypt, right? This is all about choosing, crossing the Red Sea, which, by the way, was not God's perfect plan for them. That, that happened because they wouldn't fight. That's another study, another time. He said because they wouldn't fight, they had to go across the Red Sea. God's plan for them was to go through wilderness of Sion, S-I-N. They wouldn't go that way because they wouldn't fight, so they had to go through the Red Sea. They needed a miracle because they wouldn't fight. That's a study in itself. Sometimes we have to take the hard road. It was a few weeks that way, a few days that way, but it was several years the other way. It's amazing, isn't it? All because they wouldn't fight. Even though the Bible says they had weapons, but they wouldn't fight. That's another study. So the first part deals with this redemption of God's people. The second part of the book, verse 9, chapter 19 to chapter 20, there about 40 rather, deals with the revelation to God's people. Say that with me, please. Come on. The revelation to God's people at Sinai. Okay, now, so the first part says, okay, I'm going to talk to you all about how you got out of Egypt. I'm going to describe all this in chapter 1 to chapter 18. Second part of the book, chapter 19 to chapter 40, I'm going to give you the ground rules. Okay, you get this, right? So um, you go save cousin, cousin's in trouble, you let him move in with you. That's chapter 1 to chapter 18. Okay? Chapter 19 to chapter 40 are the rules for the house. Okay, listen, now you moved in with me. Let me give you my Ten Commandments. That's in chapter 20 of Exodus, okay? Let me give you the ground rules. Here's what you can do, can't do, will do, won't do. Are you in trouble? Are you with me? Say amen. amen. So that's where we are, and in the midst of that kind of conversation, there are three things that are explained. And these three things are what he calls, these three things affect the time, the pace of Finding the pieces. Now, Israel's going to learn what God wants to do, but in that we will learn three things that affect the pace of finding the right pieces. Repeat them with me, please. Say obedience, obedience. Timing, timing, ability. The first thing he says is, listen, uh, now that I've delivered you, let me establish the ground rules. You must obey me. Secondly, understand it's not coming in one day. And thirdly, your ability will affect the speed of it coming to you. Look at chapter 
23. I'm going to go all the way back now to verse 20. So we're going back a little further, okay, in the text, and here's what he says. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in all the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. What did he say? Do not what? Provoke him. Here's why. For he will get you. He will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And I will do what for them? Cut them off. I'm going to deal with your enemies for you. But the key is you got to listen. You have to obey. Verse 24. You shall not bow down to their what? Gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works. You can't just not hang with them. You can't mimic their behavior. But you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. It's verse 25. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless you, your bread and your water, and I will take sickness from among, from the midst of you, nor shall you suffer miscarriages or be barren in your land. I will, I will fulfill the number of your days. I will set I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion um, among the, all the people to whom you come and make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send harnets before you, which will drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from before you. I got to stop. I got to make an observation real quick. I, there are people who read this and say, well, it sounds like he says if I serve God, no miscarriages, no challenges. And so that's got to be what my life should always be like. I love the fact that the Bible makes statements to people in specific seasons and says, you won't have this challenge in this season, but others may. Others may. Don and I, we had a miscarriage years ago. So does that apply to us? Sure it does. Don't, get, don't read the Bible with this idea that, okay, he said to them they're never going to have any challenges and so that's something that means nobody will ever have those challenges again in life. No. Lift your hand with me, please. Say, I am. I am. Come on, an overcomer. overcomer. Say, I'm going to say, I am, I am. an overcomer. Overcome. You'll overcome your challenges. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them. What? All. All. It's really hard when you're teaching the Bible sometimes because people read one verse, they get one idea, and they think, okay, this means I'll never have any issues. He was talking to people who were in a specific place, and he says, let me tell you what I'm going to promise you. For this season, it doesn't mean it's going to be forever, but for this season, here's what I promise you if you obey me. So Israel's giving this, con- this, this statement. He says, if you obey me, here's what's going to happen. I will cause confusion among your enemies. They're going to all run from you. The Hivites, the Kittites, the Kittites, the Jebusites, all the Ites are going to run. Pretty strong promise, all tied to obedience. The question is, can you obey when you're confused? Can you obey when things are difficult? Can you obey when there's a challenge? He didn't say they wouldn't have to fight. He didn't say there wouldn't be loss of life. He didn't promise any of that. He did say as a nation, the bottom line is if you obey. If I were to ask you about your family, if I were to look at your family and zoom in really close, would I say you have an obedient family or would I say you have a disobedient family as a whole? How would we define you as a family? It's so easy to miss the big point here. He says, let me be clear. Here are the ground rules. You must obey. 
No shortcuts. You are or you're not. Plain, pure, and simple. If you're acting like the Jebusites, the Hivites, and the people around you, you're not obeying. So that's on you. Now, second and third thing he says. And this is all tied to, now back to verse 29, where we started, okay? It's all about timing. And so he says, let me give you a little timing insight. I will not drive, verse 29, you with me? I will not drive them out before you in how long? One year. So let's be clear. You're not going to get it instantly. Now, for some people, that's a problem because you like chunks. Success comes in pieces, not in what? Chunks. So you like chunks. So you don't like this idea. But he says, be clear, I will not drive them out before you in one year. Least, here's why. Here's why. It's, it's tied to an ability issue. Least the, be, least the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. You can't manage all that you want. If I gave you all the money, if I gave you all the power, if I gave you all the authority, you can't manage it well. And by the way, side observation, Christians don't always do well with managing influence and power or politics. You give them a little power, you give them a little platform, sometimes they kind of lose it, get lost and forget everybody else's thoughts and views, and it's all about them and, and their view, and it's all we got. Now, I'm saying to you that's a little dangerous, and if you study European history, you see it. Why the pilgrims came over here? Because of religious persecution. The whole fight between the Catholics and the Protestants, because, you know, the Protestants were called that because they protested the Catholic Church. And so they called them the protesters, the Protestants. And then they took it on and said, we like that title. We'll wear it. And so understand that this is a common issue that God was honest about. Now watch how he has this courageous conversation. You're not able. You're asking for something that you can't manage because you can't manage what you have already. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's the pace. Here's how it's going to work. Little by little. Say that with me, please. Come on. I will drive them out before you until you have done what? Increase. Come on, work with me. Do what? Increase. You're not doing the muscle stuff. Until you've done what? Increase. Until you have increased. Some of you don't have any muscles. What's the deal? Work with the preacher. Until you have what? Increased. Until you have increased, I'm not giving you anything. It's little by little. Here's the key. You can pray all you want, but this is not just something I'm going to do for you because you pray and say a couple of Bible verses and rub a couple of things together. I want to see you increase. You want more opportunity, you want more money, you want more of this, more of that. Well, you can't manage what you have. So please understand the power of managing what you have and how that affects the pace. Three things, obedience, timing, and what? Ability. Sam again, come on. Obedience, timing. Now, you're going to make me work really hard. I gave you notes. I'm doing all I can. I want you to please cheat. Look at your paper and tell me the three things. What are they? What? Obedience. Timing and ability. I worked hard on this. Give me a break. You've got this clear thing in your mind now where you understand how this works. And then if that didn't work, I summarize it for you. You ready? Number one. <laughs> they would not be able to find all the pieces in a single year. You're not going to find it all in one year. You've got to find the pieces, right, They lead you to wait, but you're not going to get there in one year. Number two, they would not have the ability to manage all the land in one year. They would, they would not have the ability to control the animals. Too many animals. Just the animal population alone would be too much. They, they would need to advance 
little by little, piece by piece. And as they did, then God says, I'm going to give it to you. Then there's a question. Okay. So we understand now we got to find the pieces, Pastor Rick. We're clear about the pace. So five places you find the pieces. Let me give you five places that I believe Scripture teaches us you find the right pieces for your life. The first place, let's say them all together. Let's say them all together. You ready? Say family, family. Friends, friends, faithful mentors, mentors formal education, education, forever moments. Forever moments. Mm. Love this stuff. Let me start with family. Family is the first place you go to find the pieces. They're the first teachers, Ephesians 6 and 4. Bring your children up in the admonition of the Lord. There's something about you seeing that that's your role to bring your children up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. That's your job. I'm always amazed a church like ours has children's church and you have full-time staff and, and we do a lot of stuff to prepare for you to come here. It's, it's, a, lot, it's a full week's work. It's just a lot of work to make sure that you can service all these people. There's 3,000 plus active members in the church. And so we got online, we got in-house, we got all this stuff going on, we got all these special events. And so there's a lot of working work that makes it come together. Now, but what I've learned is when it comes to certain ways of thinking, we have robbed you of a clear, basic principle. For example, we have full-time people to help with our children's church. We have part-time people to help with our children's church. We've got about 1,000 kids in the church all together. They all don't come to church, though. Hundreds of them are right now home. And, and I was talking to one of our online members who says, basically, I'm not going to come to church. I'm going to basically watch at home because he says it works for me. And I said, okay, it works for you, it works for you. And he says, whole family, four of them, they sit there and they watch. Hello. They sit there and they watch and they, they enjoy being an online member. I have another member of the church I was with the other day, and I was at her house, and she basically uh, says, okay, I go to church, but, you know, at my age, I, this works for me. So she's home too. Hey, she's home too. Okay. But I was at her house yesterday. We we're talking, laughing, drinking tea. And so I said, well, you know, and, so, and she gave me this bill. And so what I did was I called, I have her, right, in person. And then I called the online member who never comes in person because he lives in the lounge. And so I said, okay. So we started talking, and he said, <laughs> I said, so are you an online member? She said, no, I'm not an online member. I'm a member. I said, okay. I'm not going to ever say that to you again. <laughs> so, so he's on the phone. I says, are you an online member? He says, I am absolutely an online member, Pastor Rick, and very proud to be one because this works for me. Now, here, here's what I want you to understand. And then is, we had this, what was powerful because the, the online member who's a member, member, right, said to me, well, but his kids don't go to church. They, they're like, and, and I thought, yes, they do. And so she had this great talk because here's, here's, what, we, here's what, what, what I said to her. I said, you know, we've, I've taken this idea that somehow the, the, the teaching of your children is my responsibility. When in reality, it's the father's responsibility. It's the family's responsibility. Your kids don't find the pieces with me. I'm a supplement. Everybody say supplement. supplement. You do know what that is, right? That's not the main meal. Right? You don't get a big plate, put your vitamin on there and say, this is it for today. No, you, this is a supplement. You eat and then you take the vitamin. Church is a vitamin. It's a supplement. It's not the main meal, I hope for you. Is anybody with me today? Come on, are you, are you with me? Come on. Now, it's when I think I am the main meal that I keep you in here another three hours. Don't do that. Don't do that. I feel that. 
Why are you shaking your head so hard? You got somewhere to be? Anyway, but, but you understand that there is this reality that sometimes we don't face. That, and, and in that conversation, I saw something. It was so powerful. I said, he's decided to teach his own kids. Homeschool church. I understand it. I mean, I'm not saying for all of you, no, sh- next week y'all better show up. <laughs> be, try- be trying me now, okay? I <laughs> need you to come on in the building. Okay? We work out with everybody else, but you folks, okay? Well, but watch this. This is so cool. Watch this. How many of you at some point do stream? Raise your hand. Look around you. That's everybody. So you must be on shift. This is your week to come. All right, y'all better show up next week then because they... <laughs> They're all going back to streaming next week. I can't run from the fact that the responsibility, though, is the family. That's what you first find. And if your family fails you, and you won't have the right pieces. The second place you go is your friends, right? Friends, they, they help you by sharpening you, Proverbs 27 and 17. They help you. Bob says, iron sharpens iron, right? And there's something about friends, they're supposed to help you. So ask yourself this question, do your friends really help you? Are you sharper? Are you better? Are they helping you find the pieces? Or are they taking pieces from you? Piece by piece, you're losing you and your goals and visions for your life. Third thing that should help you is faithful mentors. Everybody say faithful mentors. That's what this is right now. We're in a mentoring moment. Ephesians 4.11 says he gave apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers for the equipping, cartartizo, mending of the saints. The goal is to prepare you for ministry. I am now mentoring you. And the goal is to find faithful mentors who faithfully prepare and faithfully impart to you. That's what you need in your life. And, and that's where you find a lot of the pieces in your life. Sometimes you're not listening to the right voices. You don't have the right input coming into your life. And then the fourth one is formal education. Say that with me, please. Come on. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 is a great verse because here's what he said to them. He says, go and subdue the earth. He told Adam and Eve that, which means, I love this, I love this. Schofield said, it's the Christian Magna Carta to be educated, which means learn, not just school, but some formal way. This is a formal way. Some kind of process where you sit and you learn and you listen. Reading a book and listening to a tape. There's something about formal education, and, 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 and Proverbs 16, 16 says it. There's something, something about learning that elevates the quality of your life. It, it, it gives you a power. It gives you a strength that nothing else can do. And I'm telling you, sometimes in life, I think we, we, fail, we fail to see the power of it. You know, some people are afraid of learning. I wonder, are you one of those people? Are you afraid to take the time to sit down and learn something? I understand that fear. How much better to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. It's something about finding the power of the learning process. You will, listen, I say this, and I've said this a number of times to people, you are 50 books away from your answer. Okay, Pastor Rick, that's too far. I know. I know. Let's make it shorter. Twelve books away. Okay, let's make it shorter. Five books away. I mean, let's make the number a number you can deal with. One book away. 
but you don't invest any time in trying to find the pieces in any kind of organized, consistent education. Read your devotional every day. You could be one devotion away from a better mind. That's a paragraph, people. All I'm saying is make a point, make a decision. I can't afford a book. Google it. Do something. There's something about sitting down and saying, this is my moment to commit to being educated. The last thing he says is, I believe in forever moments, they help you find the pieces. You know what those are? Those are those life-changing moments like Jacob had in Genesis 32, 24, where he wrestled with the angel. And in that wrestling moment, he changed. He, was, he, was, he got, felt the limp, and he, from that moment on, he, that was his forever moment. Some of you went to the battlefield, and that was your forever moment. Some of you were in the military. Some of you had a bankruptcy. Some of you had a divorce. Some of you had a physical ailment, and it forever marked you, and it became the place that changed you forever. And so the question is for you, my friend, are you willing to find the pieces? Now, those are five places you find them. Next week, I'm going to talk about understanding the pieces. There is a verse that I love. Above all you're getting, get an understanding. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Above all and before all, do this. I love this. Get wisdom. Write this at the top of your list. Get understanding, Proverbs 4 and 7 in the Message Bible. What is it that you don't understand? Go back in your mind and ask this question. What did you not understand that you understand now? And how did that affect you? What did you not understand? Sometimes you say, well, no, I, I found the right piece, Pastor. I can tell you I found the right person, the right job, the right way. But, man, I didn't understand marriage. What, what is it that you do not understand now, and how is that affecting you? Could you be in a place right now where you are just as uninformed as you were then? And lastly, why is it so hard for you to understand certain things right now in your life? Why is it hard? I'm going to show you how to understand the pieces in your life next week. Did you learn something today? I hope you did. Praise God. Father, I thank you for everyone who listened both here and at home. I pray that the message they heard in this first part of the series has given them a vision to understand, to think, to seek. Say, Father, I didn't find it with family. I didn't find it with mentors. I didn't find it. But, Lord, I did have an experience. But some of you, Lord, they'd say, Lord, this is that, that experience, that forever moment that has touched them and inspired them. I pray in Jesus' name, healing and grace and blessing in their minds and in their hearts. I give you all the glory and I give you all the honor in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you say, Pastor, after hearing the message, whether you're here or at home, and you say, you know, I realize that what you said today spoke to me, Pastor. I need to find the right pieces. And the first piece I need to find is my walk with God. If I'm honest, that's the piece that's missing in my life. I need to make a decision. And if I make the decision to serve Jesus, that could be the decision that leads me to God's best in my life. If you're here and you want to start a life with Jesus, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Say, pray for me, Pastor. I, I want to start a walk with God today. I want you to pray for me. I want to end the year right. I want to end the year with God in my life and 
I realize I haven't been walking with him, but with every head bowed for your privacy, every eye closed, I'd like you to please raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Say, pray for me, Pastor. Just pray this prayer for me. My, I see your hand. Anybody else say, pray for me. I, I need, I see you. Anybody else pray for me, Pastor? I see you. Anybody else pray for me. I need to start a walk with the living God today. Some are raising their hands and some are raising their hearts. Let me pray for you. Every hand lifted, please. Father, bless those who've come today. Let this be a moment when their hearts are touched and their minds are touched and when they would say, yes, Lord, I realize I need you. I pray, God, that your spirit would bring healing and blessing to everyone who's hearing us in person, at home or on demand, wherever they are. Bless them, touch them, and let this be a moment of deliverance for them. And we give you all the praise. Jesus died to set us free. And all we need to do is take an honest moment and say, I need you in my life, Lord. And I thank you for your forgiveness. And then the journey starts in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Thank you for coming today. I hope you were blessed. Praise God. I'd like you to go ahead.